You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in the accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening a cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked I make all my moves on the board, I invented my steps uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler, I feel like Mansa Musa Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda Triangle, look at it from my angle I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels yeah. I'm a king Heavy is the head that wears the crown I put in extra work that just can't be found I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host, Jay Spence the King And I am back on a very special election night I hope y'all voted today, Buffalo. I swear I hope y'all voted today because it's a big election in Buffalo. It's a major day. Um, We also had a a weird, wild, it was a wild, (laughs) like, I mean, when you're talking about uh, the trade deadline, typically it's it's crazy. But, you know, this week it was some wildness that happened that um, I'm not really sure how I feel about. So I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. I got two special guests joining me today. Um, I got my guy EJ joining me from the Cold Front Report slash PFF. We're going to talk to him tonight. Mostly, um, I'm going to try to pull on his PFF es- expertise, but then we'll get we'll get his his opinions on things, too. I don't want to like box him into PFF. And then I got my sister coming back. We all season we were supposed to be doing the King's Tea with T and uh Tia Stell and I, we just haven't been able to connect with our schedule. So uh, she's she's back tonight. T will be in here in about 10, 15 minutes. And we're going to um, talk about a little bit of the tea that's going on around the NFL. And then we're going to catch up on the Buffalo Bills victory over the Miami Dolphins because Josh Allen came through and put the smack down. He put the hammer down. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't know. I, before I bring EJ in, actually, I'm going to talk about that for a quick second. Um. I got a little bit of flack about my, you know, I always post like the Monday morning thoughts after a victory or a, or a loss, either one. Um, and one of the things that I guess rubs some people wrong is that I still critique the team after a win. You know, we won by two scores, but I still kind of sort of had uh, some things to say. And here's the thing. I, I um, I find my, I, I consider myself to be a true fan, but I also consider myself to be a fan that's not, um, you know, I'm not biased and I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, because I love the team so much, I don't see any flaws. 
I typically try to be somebody who I watch the game. I, you know, I look at things that went right. I look at the things that went wrong. And then I try to figure out how the team can get better. I'm not a coach, but I feel like that's what the coaches do every week. When a player doesn't play well, I'm sure the coach pulls them to the side and say, hey, we can't have that same type of performance. Um, you know, hey, let's watch the film. Let's figure out what we didn't do right or what we have to do differently next time. So that way we can be successful when we run this play or when we uh, face this type of uh, situation in the game. So with that being said, I don't apologize. Uh, you know, I'm going to pull up. I'm going to pull this up real quick and, and kind of get right into it. But some of the things that I talked about and some of the things that I that I feel like as far as observation wise, um, I don't think that I've really said anything too negative. And actually, the, the only one on there that really looked negative was number four. But I'm going to explain some things about it uh, because I really wasn't coming from a negative place when I said it. Uh, shout out to Jamie. I love Jamie. Jamie is the sister of Joe Miller. And uh, she's probably one of the most supportive, if not the most supportive person that's in here. Mom is in here sometimes, too. When, when uh, Jamie is, is saying hi, mom gets to say hi, too. We got my homegirl, Kristen Kimmick, Kate Gunn in the building. Got Daniel in the building. Shout out to everybody watching. Shout out to everybody who waited for me. Uh, I typically so I pre-recorded this show and then at work with everything was going on. I was like, you know what? Now I'm gonna push it back. I got to do this live tonight. <laughs> I got to do this live tonight. So uh, you didn't get the pre-recorded version. I'm gonna go and delete it. I already loaded it up for the podcast form. I'm gonna take that down. Y'all gonna get this one, but I had to go live today. So what I'm gonna do is I know we're waiting on my homegirl T. I'm gonna bring my man EJ in and we're gonna kind of get this thing pop and we're gonna get it going. Uh, so like I said, from the cold front report, my man EJ what's going on, dog. Spence, what's good, man? Thank you again for having me on your show. It's always an honor and a pleasure. Oh, man, I appreciate it. And it was last minute. I hit you up last minute and you, uh, you know, you typically are a busy dude. You got like 15 jobs and stuff. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to jump hey, on the conduct. With hey, me. hey, man, listen, I'm on a grind now. I'm not I don't work a regular nine to five no more. So I got to be I got to be on the okay. grind. But when yeah, you no, call, okay. I stop what I'm doing. Man, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> everybody know in um, the Rochester area you know you were in western New York now you've relocated to to kind of take up a new a new career path or maybe not a new career path but um, a new step in your career so why don't you just let everybody know kind of what you're doing and what you got going on yeah so um like I said I hated my job at Wegmans and I wanted to actually lean into the career path that I wanted which is to work in football so I took a job as a high school football scout out here in the New Jersey area it's a lot of good football out here so I'm going to games on Friday Saturday and Saturdays and just looking at all the good prospects out here there's a lot of good players out here I didn't really recognize it if you know there's Rutgers that's really right across the, uh, mm -hmm. right up the street from most of these kids so that's the clubs that they really go to they go to uh, Temple you know a lot of the Big East or used to be the Big East school but a lot of these Northeast schools they go to but it's a lot of good football here and that's what I'm doing. I'm covering them and I'm bringing. That's why sometimes if you follow me on Twitter, you see me tweeting out a lot of performances, a lot of players, because that's what I do now, you know, for money and as a job. So I'm very grateful to the Lord that he blessed me with this opportunity. So I'm just trying to take advantage of it. Man, that's major. I'm proud of you, dog. Keep yeah. doing what you Appreciate do. Appreciate it, man. And, um, you know, and then and then everything else that you're doing, just keep just keep being great at it. Keep pushing at it. So but let's get into this game a little bit, man. Yes, um, sir. So the Bills, the Bills beat the Dolphins kind of like we all expected. However, it didn't go like we all expected. You know what I mean? Like everybody pretty much, at least in Buffalo, thought this was going to look a lot like it looked week two 
maybe without the, I didn't think they were going to whitewash them. I didn't think we were going to completely stop them from scoring, but I didn't think we were going to be tied three, three at the half. So at the very, just top of this conversation, what were your thoughts just overall about the game and, and the way it went? Uh, first and foremost, um, Miami showed you how bad of a team they are. Buffalo gave them every single opportunity to win that game and they could not take advantage of it at all. But to Buffalo side, that showed you how great that defense is. Honestly, if I had to say right now, who was which side of the ball was the best, unquestionably, is probably the defense. I would vote the defense, I should say. And you saw it in this game. Like Tua was doing a lot of short passes, like nothing really deep too much. And they were having issues getting lined up and stuff like that. But Buffalo is showing you that they are now one of the most complete teams, you know, in this game. They can win ugly if they need to. They can win pretty if they need to, as you saw, indicative of the 35 to nothing win in week two against Miami. But now you had an ugly game. This was a very, very ugly game. You know, I'm not going to say it was sloppy, but the O-line kind of, you know, wasn't playing up to par. You know, the O-line has been much maligned. So now you see Buffalo being able to win ugly, being able to win tight. And then what I liked the most, and the biggest takeaway that I've taken from this game, is that Buffalo now, as opposed to the Chiefs, who hate having to dink and dunk the way, dink and dunk their way up the field, Buffalo can do that. Saw how many RPOs they ran. Saw how many short passes that was ran to Cole Beasley. Buffalo can play any type of game and win. And that's why they are one of the most complete teams in the NFL. Well, first of all, I would agree with you. I think that the defense is the best unit, and that's not taking anything away from the offense. Like, the offense is high-powered. Uh, you got, obviously, Josh Allen, Stephon Dick. Like, you got guys on that offense that'll make you say, no, nah, we legit on that side of the ball. But, dude, when, you, when you're talking about a defense that's playing the way that they're playing, it's just it's just tough for me to, to – you have to have historic numbers on offense. Like right. you gotta, you gotta have, I can't even think of the team that I would want to say, but you gotta have like, like legit historic offense for me to think that it's better than a defense. And that's not, again, it's not a knock on it. It's not a knock on the offense. Josh Allen to me, um, he's trending now towards becoming the MVP. He didn't start off the season on the MVP role for me, but he's getting closer to being in that conversation. Um, who would you, so right now a uh, quick break on that, but, if you had to pick right now, give like a top three on who you would pick for MVP. Who would you who would you go with? Man, that's tough. But a little nugget: Josh is currently betting favorite on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook to win the MVP right now. So, he is little he nugget is. for you guys. So, if I had to do my personal top three for MVP, I'll go Kyler, Brady, and Stafford. Only reason I can't put Josh in there out of those three is just because Josh started the year a tad bit slow. Kyler's yeah. been balling since week one. This this last game against the Packers was his first bad, bad game. You know, and or yes, this is his first bad, bad game. And then Stafford, he leads the NFL in almost every raw stat category with passing touchdowns, yards, all of that. Man. Stafford is playing out of his mind. And then Stafford. Brady still yeah, Stafford's he he he's on it. You see now, if you question how how important coaching is in the league, look at what Stafford is doing for the Rams. They do not ask him to throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. They ask him to run the offense and make the throws that are there. Maybe one or two plays he's making off script and out of structure. Other than that, he's executing the offense, getting the ball to cup. Running the running the ball, the Rams have a great old line. He really hasn't doesn't have to do much. And then on top of that, Sean McVay is a great play caller, and that is why Matthew Stafford is in the MVP conversation. But if I had to pick one today, probably going with Kyler. 
Well, let me ask you this, because you already explained why Kyler, even though this last game, you're saying it didn't really hurt him as much as I would have said it hurt him. To me, I had Kyler as the MVP favorite prior to last Thursday. At this point, I'm actually going Lamar. I, I was shocked that you didn't mm. say Lamar only because now I know I'm, I'm going to get beat up by some people because some people still feel like he's not a quarterback and he's a running back and all this stupid crap. Right. But the thing is, he's doing way more with way less than anybody else in the league right now. I'm with you on Matt Stafford. I said when 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 that trade happened, I'm like, oh, it's about to get ugly for anybody playing against the Rams because Matt Stafford is the real deal. And now he has a real play caller. He has a real defense. He has real weapons. It's going to be ugly. And so far, I feel like I've been a little, uh, you know, a little prophetic in that way. So I'm gonna go ahead and pat myself on the shoulder with that. But in in all seriousness, Lamar is balling, man. And, you know, last year, oh, they figured him out the year before. Oh, he can't throw. He's a running back. This year, three of his running backs are on IR. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have a true – If you, I love Hollywood. I think Hollywood is a really good wide receiver. He's not a number one wide receiver. If you, well, he's been, um, he been making plays this year, yeah. man. Listen, I know, yeah. he, I know everybody says that, but he's been making plays, man. I don't I'm know not, what I'm more you can ask of him. But wait, because I'm not debating that he's not making plays. What I'm yeah. saying is, okay, first, he's making plays – because the plays are coming to him. There's nobody else for the plays to go to. Um, (laughs) So I'm not, and I'm not diminishing what he's done. He's catching ball. He's scoring touchdowns for him, but it's not like he's out there. He's the only receiver and he's not putting up. He's not a, you would think if you're the only target, he would be putting up Cooper cup numbers. He's not. I mean, but they do have, they just got Bateman back and they got Mark Andrews. Who's a top four or five tight end in the league. Like they're not devoid of weapons. They're not devoid of weapons, but at the same time, I don't look at Mark Andrews as a as a as a threat for real down the field. I don't look. But he's one but of those he, guys. But he is he, though. He, he's not like, and you know what I mean when I say threat down the field. I'm not saying he he's don't no. Get I'll give you. He's no Waller or Kelsey or Kittle, but Mark Andrews he, is a solid tight end. He's he's a top five tight end in the league. So I'm not taking mm-hmm. that part away from him. But I'm saying as far as receivers, you don't have. He's the number one receiver out there, but he's not a true to me. You put. I don't want to do what um, Bart Scott did because Bart Scott to me is a clown. You know, the way he Yo, came he went, uh, he went yeah. off for no reason. I didn't understand where that came from. Yeah. I, so I'm not, I'm not going that far to see or to say that, you know, he's not good and he's this and he's that. But one take that he had that I kind of sort of agree with you, you take Hollywood Brown off that team and you just pick him up and put him on a different roster, put him on the Bills roster. Where do he you probably starts? He, he probably starts I'm as not a slot. He doesn't start. So over Beasley? Listen, if I got no, Hollywood no, run, saying, running up this over I'm Beasley. Just over who? Okay, over so Beasley. That, but, Not, that, but that still puts him at your third. That still put him at your third option. Well, how many how many three wide receiver sets Buffalo run? They run spread a spread system. So that's pretty much a starter. No, he's a starter. I wouldn't take that away. What I'm talking about, when you're looking on your depth chart and you know like this guy is the guy. He's not coming in here taking taking snaps away from Steph. He's not taking sta- snaps away from Sanders. You know what I'm saying? You put him on other teams that you feel like are good playoff teams. He's not taking snaps away from their top guys. He's not. Do- you put him out there in in um with the Chargers right now. He's not taking snaps away from those two top two guys. Now Williams is always injured, so so you gotta right. you know you gotta look at at the reality of the situations. But what I'm saying is he's not a true number one receiver. We got to be honest about that. Okay. I like him. I, I, right. You're, you're right. He's not an X guy. He's not a guy that's going to go. And that was the issue last year. He had the most times had to see the best corner of each team. So I will agree with you there. 
But all I'm saying is with what the NFL has trended to, with running more three wide sets, four wide sets, even empty sets, and they're doing it like way more than the, the average of like 10 years ago, he pretty much would be on the field as much as a Keenan or as much as a Diggs or as much as a Devontae Adams. He'd be on the field as much. So I'm like, he would be a starter. He would get as many snaps as those guys. And if I have Hollywood Brown killing in the seams or running in the seams, I'll agree with you on this. He is not a shifty guy. He don't really have to change the direction I would like to see out of a slot receiver like Cole Beasley. But there's not many guys on the face of this earth that's running 4-2, so... Yeah, no. And, and like I said, he's talented. That's why I said I'm not going to yeah. go as far as Bart Scott and say anything crazy. I think the kid is talented. But going back to the point that I was making, I just think Lamar, um, when you look at the receiving core that he has, and then you think about the fact that J.K. Dobbins is on IR, and you think about um, literally his entire running back's room at the beginning of the season was injured. And the team is still bought. Like, you know, I mean, he has the team in position like he does every year. He's always in the playoffs. He's always in the hunt. And that's where it is. Um, so I had I have Lamar, and then I have Brady, and then I had Kyler. I think Josh is like, I think Josh is getting there. So if I if I think you talk to me in two three weeks, and if Josh is going on the route, or, you know this this road that he's going, I think Josh will be in the top of that conversation. Buffalo has uh the Jacksonville, and then who's that? Who do they have after Jacksonville? The Jets. So they might actually, he might actually be in the MVP, the top three, right. after these two weeks, because these these are two bad defenses he's going up against. So you might, you might be right Patriots. on that. The Patriots are a good defense. I know um, yeah. they're not a good team, but they're a good defense. And Hey, listen, they be just rough. beat the Chargers. That's a solid win, man. I don't care what it anyone is. says. It's no. a solid win. It's absolutely a solid win. Um I don't I don't I don't ever knock the Patriots. I don't ever knock Bill Belichick. I understand that the quarterback is young. He's a rookie and you expect rookie mistakes. I don't knock that team, man. Like those guys are Bill Belichick is going to get his team prepared to play. We just have to um, we just have to go in and be ourselves. The thing is, if the Buffalo Bills go in there and they just do what their job is, do, they're going to beat them. At least that's how I feel. But real quick, we're going to take a quick pause on that because I got to bring in my sister because it's that time. You know what I mean? Like, um. I keep telling, I was saying at the top of this that it's time for the Kings tea with tea. And now I got my sister in here with us. What is going on? T. Estelle repping, representing that built in Buffalo network. I can't hear you. You know what? I can hear, I can hear whatever's in your background. Man. (laughs) Right. Hi, T. Well, while she gets her, while she gets her audio going, (laughs) then you and I will kind of, we'll kind of finish up on, on this a little bit. So um, I think, like I said, I think Lamar, if, if I had a vote, I don't, obviously I'm a podcaster. I'm not, I'm not real media yet. It's coming, but it's not there yet. I'm about to say you, I, you'll be there though. You'll, you'll be there. Yeah. It's going to come. It's yeah, going to come. But when yeah. it does, my vote, honestly, my vote will go to um, Lamar at the moment, just based on, on what I've seen his team still able to do. Yeah. He uh definitely, he's made some strides, man. If you, I'm looking at his grades because I wanted to see what he was doing from a clean pocket. He has the ninth highest PFF grade for under in a clean pocket this year. And there's many guys who are saying that, you know, Lamar can't throw or Lamar not really hitting outside the numbers, man. He's doing all that this year on top of giving you that rushing ability. And then the biggest tidbit is he has the highest, where he did like a couple weeks ago, have the highest average depth of target of any quarterback. So he was throwing the ball 10 yards down the field every single play. So he's pushing it as much as he has, and he's gotten better on that deep ball. If you watch that Chargers game, look at that beautiful throw he threw to Hollywood Brown. Lamar has Bro, proved. 
He he looks bro, good he, in the pocket. Yeah. And, and re- I don't know if you remember, Spence. Remember, remember, I wasn't on the Lamar train. I was not. I was the one, and I'm going to take my L. I said Baker was better than Lamar at that time. Ooh. I did. No, I'm going to take my L. I said it. I said it. I did say it. But and you know how I am about Baker. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know how I feel about Baker. So you must be you must be loving the fact that they 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 not they not playing great right now. And he's kind of no, in the crapper right yeah. now. To be honest, I, I, I want Baker to perform. I really do. Like the thing is, I critique guys who I like. You know what I mean? It's like I watch Baker because I like Baker. And it's disappointing to me that he doesn't play up to what I feel that his potential is. Coming out of college, everybody obviously he went one overall, so so the potential had to be there. Everybody thought that this guy was the guy, and it's just like, man, like you're you're wasting. First of all, and I say this so often, so I say it again because now I got UNT in here. You give that roster, top to bottom, from rookie year till now, to Josh Allen. You give that roster rookie year, top to bottom, to Lamar Jackson. And you tell me that you don't think one of those guys are at least in the Super Bowl once with two great running backs, two great wide receivers, one great and one very good tight end, a good offensive line and a solid defense. You don't think that they make the Super Bowl once. Here, here's the thing with that, though. I do not think that Kevin Stefanski is good as a coach, as good of a coach as Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier together. I don't think they're that good of a coach. Coaching tandem. I, would, I don't I think would, Cleveland would, has that. Sport. I would agree with you. I would right. agree with you. But and then you have to also. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I agree with you about the coaching, but I'm saying as as far as talent wise, when you're looking at when, when you're just looking at what happens on the field, and I get it, coaching is very very important. Right. It's but what very, I'm saying is, right. I look at Baker, and he's just missing throws, man. Like, like people. Mm. It kills me that people <laughs> talk about Odell Beckham Jr. the way they talk about Odell. Beckham. It it's, it's tough. For like. The defense alone would have their defense. Mouse Garris, come on, he's he's a beast. That defense alone, you got those two running backs back there. It's just insane that talent, like you said, Jason. That talent around Baker. It's there's no reason why this guy isn't putting up numbers. He has Odell Beckham, like you said. He has Landry. Like, come on, you have what's the tight end? Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper, and Njoku. Before you talk about Njoku and all of them, before but wait, but wait, he has he has two top ten running backs on his roster. Two. Yeah. We have two. I'm not gonna dip my team. No, but you know what I'm saying, bro. Be nice, bro. These are two great backs, bro. Bills have two great backs. backs. Go ahead and say it. The the Bills have two good backs, and and we're gonna talk about that in a minute too, because I want to talk to to both of you about this. Because in my my Monday thoughts, I talked about how we need to upgrade the guard position, and one of the things that, matter of fact, we can just transition to it now. One of the things that bothers me about the way the Buffalo Bills offense is built, they still try to force that run, and you know I'm. You know, EJ and T, y'all both know I'm always the one that's like, we need to run the ball. We need to be efficient running the ball. We need to do this, running the ball. I don't want to run the ball like 50,000 times. You know what I mean? But what I want to do is be able to run it for four yards on third and three. You know, I want to be able to run it for five yards on first and 10 or four yards and 10. What happens is our our guard positions are subpar play right now. So what happens is if you have a good back in a decent line, you're not going to make it happen. You have to have like a LaShawn McCoy's talent, you know, to, mm-hmm. 
to kind of overcome the shortcomings on the offensive line. You have to have a Barry Sanders talent. Now, I know, I know that that don't happen, but you got to have a Christian McCaffrey talent to get through a subpar offensive offensive line performance. That is what I'm saying. So right now, you give Josh Allen a team with a line like that and two top 10 running backs? Come on, dog. You mean to tell me you don't think Josh Allen will have Landry and uh, Odell Beckham back in the Pro Bowl with both those running backs in that offensive line? Oh, hell yeah. Josh Allen now, yes, but there's there's so many parameters around what you're saying, Spence. It's It's not not just – no, it's not. When you go back, and just I, on raw so talent, is, he would have been there. Just on raw talent, on the raw first talent, two, year first one, two years, he was throwing to Kelvin Benjamin. Man, <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin, you throwing to Kelvin Benjamin, you throwing to, to Zay Jones, man. Like Zay just kind of sort of got good, and he ain't even good yet. You know what I'm saying? Like you, he's been in the league now and for Roberts. four years, and 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 Roberts, and you're throwing to. First of all, Roberts is, is is Roberts even Robert Foster? Is he still in the league? No, he's not. He's a free agent. No. So again, like you're throwing to these guys. Baker was throwing to Landry year one. I have a I have a and I'll, I'll DM it to you. I have a clip of 11 minutes from Josh's rookie year of dropped. And I'm not talking about. I get it. Josh was inaccurate, right? I get it. I'm not taking that away from anything. It's a fact. But I have a video of 11 minutes of drops. From his rookie drops, my dude. Ain't no way you're going to tell me that if he had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and David Njoku and, and Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb, you can't tell me that it's not going to be a whole completely different thing for Josh. He may not have, he may not have been throwing 70%, but he damn sure won't be throwing for 58 I, here, here, I, I agree with you to a certain degree, <laughs> but here's, here's my thing. So it took time for Josh to mature into the guy that we know I love the borderline top five, if not top five quarterback in the league right now. Now we know that Odell Beckham has notoriously been a passionate guy, right? Who's to say that if he had Josh Allen as his quarterback, he would not as been as patient as Buffalo was with Josh coming to the point that he is now. Freddie kitchens was their quarter. Freddie kitchens was, huh? No, you're ignoring what I'm saying. The thing is, Josh, I have 11 minutes of drops. If balls were going to Odell Beckham Jr., he would have no reason to be. Go look at go look at the, the, the attempts from Josh Allen to Kelvin Benjamin. Those attempts, Odell Beckham Jr. would have had a good year. That's what I'm saying. I think, though, the thing about it is that, yeah, we can fantasize about, you know, um, Josh Allen going to being in the position that, that – um, Baker Mayfield is in, right? So uh, I guess, EJ, allow it just to happen. You know, allow that to just be like, if he was there, that team probably would have went to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Although, yeah, it probably different things would have came out or different situations would have happened where he probably wouldn't have had a, a great season. But I think that if he would have been there, besides coaching, because Kitchens was – Exactly. Thank you. Kitchens was terrible. And he, he this is the reason yeah. he was yeah. and we all can agree. All three of us in unison can agree that coaching matters, right? We you all agree about that. Yes, absolutely. And that that would matter to Josh's development. That would definitely yes. matter. You're right. You're right. It it You're does right. matter. But it, it does matter. But what I'm saying is like coaching matters 
but then there's also about on-field ability and performance. And the thing is, I can coach you up as good as day. I can sit here and coach the hell out of it. Like, I can make it work. But then when you get on that field, if Kelvin Benjamin just drops the ball, there's it don't matter how good of a coach I am. You got to catch then, the ball. And then rookie rookie Josh Allen wasn't beating the Steelers. Rookie Josh Allen wasn't beating the, the, the Ravens. You know what I mean? Those two great defenses that they had in, the, in that division that he had to play was, twice a year. Not throwing to Kelvin Benjamin, he wasn't. But no, if you but give it, that man Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and David Njoku and Hooper, I promise you it would have been a better game than what you're assuming. But all, y- all I'm saying is that they didn't get all those players till last season. That's what I'm saying. If Josh went in the same time Baker went in, the situation no, would have still been bad. That's not true. That's not true. But go back to Baker's rookie year. He didn't have OBJ. You're right. He didn't have Hooper. Yeah. He had Landry. He had, he, right. he had he had Hunt. Not Hunt. He mm-hmm. had a uh, uh, Chubb. Chubb. Nick Chubb. They had he had and then the second year, he had Hunt. Like his second year, bro. Like his second year, you're so rolling whole time out. He had a great O line. No, because Dredrick Wills was drafted two years ago. Just the years Dredrick Wills was drafted after Baker's first year. So he wouldn't have had Dredrick Wills either. So one subpar play on offensive line. The offensive line wasn't trashed that whole time. And the defense. And Jack Conklin from the Titans came over too as a free agent. He had a. There's a lot of factors around that, bro. Man, I don't, I don't want to hear that, bro. I don't want to hear it, man. I'm just saying, bro. Like, you got to recognize that the situation wasn't always perfect for Baker. And I will agree with you now. He is playing like trash, but he did, and he's hurt on top of that. I just want to say, la- ending of last year, he was a higher great, highest graded quarterback. He was higher, he was uh, graded higher than Aaron Rodgers. So he, he, he has capabilities, but he's not healthy yeah. right now, and he's trying to play through it. So he was the yeah, highest that's also something. The last, the last four weeks of the season, the last four weeks of the season, he was the highest graded right. quarterback. He was, the, he was the highest graded quarterback the last few weeks of the season, but then he took an L to the backup in Kansas City. Think about that. Okay, I know. I mean, you got that. I mean, there's no excuse for that. He has to get it done, and I'll agree. He has not got it done in big moments. Look at Kansas City Week One when he had an opportunity to win a game, and he yep. threw that uh, that interception. So I'll agree with you there. I'm not saying he's better than Josh. He I'm just going back to your point. So giving the running, going to going to the running backs when you're trying to win a game, you can't dink and dunk. You have to throw that ball down the field. <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry, I had a moment there because I know OBJ. Yes, that was a great con- that was a great conversation. But they ruining my man. Like he he only really got a few years left, and they're wasting him away, man. Like Odell Beckham Jr. You put him on the right team in the slot. Come on, man. Yeah, bring him to Buffalo. Anyway. Trying to trade him. So you no, think they weren't trying to trade him this this week today? I'm sure they got some calls. I'm sure they got some calls, but they they weren't really trying to let that man go. Right. So, but wait, wait, because I brought T in because we supposed Ooh. to be doing the King's Tea with T brought to you that by cool. Bundle by B. Shout out to my homegirl B. You know what I mean? Um, If everybody don't know B, y'all need to know B because that's my homegirl and she's been doing the thing like she's been doing it. So we're going to talk real quick about some tea around the league. Um, The first thing I want to talk about is more of a jealousy tea. Like, so I'm, I'm like, it's not drama, but it's dramatic to me because I'm jealous. How in the hell do the Los Angeles Rams get Von Miller? Like that's that's first of all, because that's yeah, that's because the uh, Broncos are paying more than half his salary, so it's only costing the Rams two million dollars to bring him in. That is why yeah. they have. Von but Miller. what about us? <laughs> what about, <laughs> I want Von. You know what they I mean? did reach out to Von. Like, they? they reached yeah, out to Von. They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 
We're yeah. in the AFC. They weren't going to send us, you know, they weren't going to send us. No, there. I know. But, I know. I know. But Spence, honestly, but real, where, where, where are he going to go? Where, like, they already invested in all these rookies and all these young players. Where, where are the snaps at for him? You going mean, you going to stunt their growth for that for him? True. I mean, I would, but I'm just saying, like, you got to think about it from that well, perspective. I put it like this. I put it like this. We're we're at the door. I feel like this is this is the best opportunity this team has had uh, to win a Super Bowl. So for me, it's like, yeah, I love my rookies and I, I want y'all to develop. I want y'all to be great long time, but I want a Super Bowl right now. And the thing is, yeah. they've been Basham has been inactive a few times anyway, you know, and it's like you have guys that you're not even playing anyway. Look, I'm not saying cut back. I would never say anything like that. But, yo, y'all can figure out something to get one of these guys. Trey Vernon Butler, man. Trey, Trey. Now, I'm going to talk about the Vernon Butler thing. because Put him in there. You know, I'm, well, I'm gonna talk about Vernon Butler because in my in my morning thoughts, I, I I basically you know asked like why is Vernon Butler employed, and people took that as if I was like really dogging him and coming down on him. I wasn't. I was actually asking a question that has an answer to it. Like I'm not just gonna dog him. So we're gonna talk about that. But the real T, the real T that um because Vaughn is gone. We you know I was just jealous. The, I'm sure everybody at this point has heard about Henry Ruggs out in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real tragic, tragic news. Um, he was charged with DUI that resulted in uh, death. So it looks like for the pretty much it looks like his career is over. You know, he he's um, I, I believe I read somewhere that he's possibly being faced with 20 to 40 years or something like that. I, I don't remember the exact yeah. number. Uh, real quick, though, just for a small moment of laughter, because uh, I, I was talking about Vernon Butler and Bruce Nolan says, I'm really dogging him. No cap. First of all, the fact that Bruce Nolan is saying no cap is just funny no to me. I, I don't know if every, if everybody knows Bruce's personality. The fact that he's saying no cap to me just it just has me. That's but hilarious. Uh, but Henry Ruggs, man, that's a that's a very very sad, tragic story for a few reasons. One, I'm praying for the family of of the you know the person who lost their life, and um, you know I just couldn't imagine waking up and, and hearing that my sister or my brother was killed by a drunk driver, and then to find out that the drunk driver is. Uh, one of the most famous people in your city at the time. And then now everywhere you go, it's news because your family member mm -hmm. was killed by um, somebody driving drunk who played, probably plays on your favorite football team. You get what I mean? Like I, I just, right. I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom that. Uh, so T real quick, let's, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Give me your thoughts on that. Let me know how you feel and um, you know, kind of what your thoughts were when you first read the story. Thoughts and prayers, the family again. Um, I really, I had to go back because TMZ broke it. And, you know, sometimes TMZ can do some crazy things. So I just went back and, and read on it and was just like, they were saying that the NFL have Ubers to any player, no questions asked. I mean, I'm not here to say, why didn't you, you know, I mean, certain things, it's, it's just a tragedy. And you just, when you think, about it in the big picture you're like well if this was available people are going to do this anyway if, th if this was available why didn't he do that you know what i mean it's but it's just a tragedy because this man is 22 years old he had his whole life and reckless driving under i mean you know we don't know the whole story but you know it's coming out so like you said um two to 20 years, that's a long time for someone who is 22 years old, who's just starting their life. And he just, I wanna say 2017, his best friend died mm -hmm. from an accident, a car accident. 
And I, I so, believe he was doing some charity work, you know, basically based off of what happened to his friend. So, I mean, mm-hmm. on that end, it's it's even more tragic. Um, yep. And actually, you know what? I just I, I want to shout out Sherry in Buffalo. Uh, she's a member of Bill's Mafia. She's um, somebody who we all consider family. She is she is somebody who is actually going through something very similar. Her father is in uh, the ICU right now because of a drunk driver that happened. Something happened yesterday, I believe, or the day before. I'm praying oh, for God. you, Sherry. I'm praying for your father. I'm praying for. Yes. Um, and I believe somebody, if, I, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, somebody was severely injured. So I'm, I'm really praying for you. And I hope that things go well. If there's anything that I can do as a friend, if there's anything that I can do to support you, please don't hesitate to reach out. If Sherry's not watching and somebody's friends with Sherry, please let Sherry know that if she needs anything, please to reach out. Um, but yeah, absolutely. it's a tragic story. It's an absolute tragic story. And, uh, you know, just I'm praying for everybody, but uh, we can move on. We can, we can um, get to the T of the team now. Um, Cause I don't want to have this be a sad show. We were having good fun right. conversation, but, but that, that's just tragic, man. It's tragic. So, but let's talk about the Vernon Butler thing because I, I got, I got a couple DMs, you know, like, you know, some a couple of the. I had two players hit me up. It was like, oh, so you coming from oh, my guy? Oh no! Right. Here's wow. what. Here's here's what I was coming, and this is not me. This is not a cop out. This is not a cop out. Y'all know me. <laughs> so um, the thing is, when I asked the question, "Why is Vernon Butler employed?" I asked it from uh, from two perspectives. One, the guy is playing horribly. Period. He's playing horribly. Yeah. Why is he employed? Right. Upgrade. Get rid of him. We got rookies on the team that can play better than him. Get rid of him. But then on the other end, you have to ask it from the other perspective. Why is Ronald Butler employed? Like, what is it that the team values so much that even though he's playing like this, he still has a roster spot and he's still active on game day. And one of the things that I thought about, I I went back just over the, the course of the time that Sean McDermott has been in Buffalo. And one of the things that I noticed with him consistently is that he values um, the experience of knowing people in situations, mm-hmm. regardless of the play. He values Vernon Butler's ability to lead and he values his ability to listen. He's very coachable, even though he doesn't perform the way we want to see him perform. So my whole take and my whole point was going to be, you know, hey, we got to we got to um, really we got to kind of look at this from the coach's perspective. Yeah. He's missing some things, but we still have the number one defense in the league. How mad can we really be? Right. That's where I was going to go. But now since a couple people hit me up on a DM on that thing, I'm gonna go ahead and say, yo, this dude need to go ahead and get cut. Let's get this kid out of here, man. Like he's not playing good. No, because this is, this is how I feel. Like, I feel like a lot of times, you know, um, we try to take it for our guys because we love them. You know what I mean? Like I love Josh. So the first year, second year when he wasn't playing well, I would, I would take up for him, even though I know he wasn't playing good. That's not what this is. Like at this point, look, I gotta be honest. There are people who listen to this show who come to me for, you know, whatever opinions and Mm -hmm. they come and they want to find out about whatever news. The fact is Vernon Butler isn't playing good. The fact is when you look at the fact that the Buffalo Bills defense is ranked number one, it has nothing to do with Vernon Butler being on this damn team. Has nothing to, he did not contribute to them being number one at all. If anything, I would say he contributed to our points going down from, you know, like they went down a couple points. So, you know, I'm going, I'm going based on that. We'll start with T and then we'll, we'll swing over to EJ. T, how do you feel about Vernon Butler's place on this team? Um, How do you feel that his performance is and what would your, you know, what's your outlook on it? Uh, Vernon Butler should have been gone 
beginning of the preseason of this year. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's not a, 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 is he a cash? A, is he a hit to the cap? Yeah. Yes, he yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think they restructured his contract and he's actually um Yeah, that's like, how he was like able now to stay. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz if they cut him now, the dead cap is like even is more. So, go ahead, my right. bad. And but I, and I that's probably one of the reasons why he's here and also too he's he's Sean McDermott's guy from uh Carolina, so like you said, Sean, he loves to keep his guys. You know, he knows them. He love good. He loves good men. He loves the personality of good men. So he's gonna keep. I don't know why he's just gonna keep. He's gonna keep his guys. I don't think he plays well at all. I don't even think why. I don't even think why he's always. Um, he's not a healthy scratch. I just don't understand it. Even the last, not this game, but the last game against. What did we lose? Tennessee. He played right. He was a. He wasn't a healthy. He didn't, he didn't play? play. He didn't play in that game. He played. He's only okay. played in four games this year. I just, I need, I need him gone. I needed him <laughs> gone. Like this, the beginning of this season, I needed him gone. But they restructured his contract, and he's. I'm like, come on. There's other people out here that can. I know. I know. There's Basham. I know. There's other people on that line that can play. So where are you I, at, I, He's out. So. I, 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 I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go from two sides. So number one, I'm looking at. I was looking at his stat line, and I'm trying to figure out. You know, where is his impact being made? So first of all, since 2019, his PFF defensive grade has gone down every single year. So in 19, he was in Carolina. It was a 59.0. To currently, as we sit today, it's a 44.6. He's only played in four wow. games this year, right? In four games, he has one tackle. But he has more penalties than tackles. So I, I and somebody just put it in the comments. It got to be because he's a McDermott guy that he's still on yeah. his roster. It has to be because it's definitely not because of how he's playing, especially if you've only played in four games. And we're talking about him like why? Like you're asking the question, why is he employees only played in four games? Like that makes no sense to me. But I'm going to go on the other spectrum. And I'm going to use a player that I've watched very extensively on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His name is William Ghoston. William Ghoston is a player who really does not get a lot of stats, but he is a solid, solid run defender. And he plugs gaps. He lets Devin White and Levante David eat. So I bring that to Vernon Butler. He may provide, now I can't quantify that because I haven't actually watched him specifically on tape, but he may provide that same type of level of uh, of, of uh, play for Jordan, for um, Matt Milano and well, for Tremaine Edmonds. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I feel rude tonight. I've been cutting you off a lot. I'm sorry. It's good. It's good. I, that's all. You're talking about Star Latulale, okay? You're not talking about Vernon Butler. That's what Star does. Uh, Vernon Butler He'd be out there, like I'm telling you, man. When you when you go back and you watch the plays that Vernon is in there, you're gonna be like, oh damn, man. Like, why did I even come with that take? Like, I know I get where you're coming from, and I agree. If that's what he was providing, if it wasn't necessarily yeah. statistics that you can, because I've always been a star. You know, I've been, you know, you I, I'm you know EJ. Like mm-hmm. I've been talking about star all the time. And last season when he was out, some Bills fans was like, oh, star's gone good. He's, a, he's too makes too much and. I'm like, oh, y'all need to apologize to that man. All season, Absolutely. almost every single week, I keep telling people, y'all need to apologize to that man star. That's not Vernon Butler, my dude. It's, it's just not. 
Ed Oliver is playing out of his mind because Star's no back. No question. No question about it. And to a little nugget for both of you guys about Star Latule, this year, Matt Milano and Tremaine Evans are sixth and seventh among linebackers in run defense grade. Wow. So, the, so, 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 <laughs> I mean, his presence is definitely being felt. <laughs> you ain't, ain't got to tell me about my dog Tremaine. You know what I mean? Like, I already know the dude going to catch bodies this year. You feel what I'm oh, saying? Oh, but, but when we get to that part, we'll talk about what everything else, though. But he is playing yeah, great in run defense, but we'll talk, talk about, about everything else. We could talk about everything else, and you can you could throw some shade. It's okay. My dog, no shade, is, all, all facts. I've never, I never throw shade. It's all facts. Oh boy, with you. no, me and EJ got this thing. So, first of all, everybody know. knows, uh, like EJ, uh, typically doesn't have the most, um, emotional outlook when it comes to the game because he he watches the film, he looks at he looks at the game and then he's, he speaks truthfully on the game. He doesn't come from a place of being like, okay, I'm a bills fan. And I love so-and-so so much that I'm a overlook the fact that he did this. No, he's watching the film and he's looking at it. Like it wasn't the bills. It don't matter who it is. It doesn't matter the name on the Jersey. He's looking at the film and he's just going to talk to it. That's cool. Right. However, when it comes to my man Tremaine, I ain't hearing it, man. I'm gonna be emotional about my dog Tremaine. I don't care. That's, that's my awesome boy. That right you there. can do that. You can attach yourself from. Is the Bills your team, or do you? They're one of my. They're they're one of my teams. I'm from Rochester, New York, so inherently they're my team. Gotcha. All right, that's cool that you can attach yourself from the emotional part of it. But I, to answer I, your I, question, but to answer your question, T. And you get you can gather what you want from this. My dream Super Bowl is the Rams versus Bills. That's my dream Super Bowl. Ooh. Yeah. And see, I for me, I, I, I try to do it too. And that's why I think I, I, awesome. I get the uh the little bit of drama that I do get because I typically I try to be honest about things. And when it, it's not in favor of what Bills Mafia wants it to be, it's like oh, Spence is wild in the day. And it's like, no, go back and watch the game that I that I watched and, and see it. You know, I still love the guys. Like, I have tough takes. Everybody, you know, if you don't know how much I love Isaiah McKenzie, you haven't listened to the code of conduct. Because yeah. what you see on Twitter is me saying, like, yo, he's not he's not doing his thing as far as special teams. Uh, and matter of fact, I asked EJ to, to um, do you have those um, with you as far, like, pulled up yeah. as far as um, the rankings from PFF? Yeah, give me. Yes, he's number six in kick return gray, actually. Like he, he he really ain't been playing as bad as everybody make him out. He had the one muff and then he had the one fumble you were talking about, Spence. But other than that, he ain't been that bad. And then considering the rest of the league, you have to remember there's no Devin Hester or no uh mm-hmm. Dante Halls in the as kick returners anymore or punt returners. So it's like I mean, compared to his contemporaries, he's doing all right. You know what I mean? Like see, I, he's is- not but this is why I question, and, and so this is not coming from a place that, you know, like me and you take jabs at times for fun. Yeah. I'm not taking a jab this time. This isn't that. I'm seriously questioning um, the way you guys, the formula that PFF has, like how they grade players. Because the thing is, you, when you say he hasn't been been playing as bad as everybody's saying, right? What what that means to me is that you're just looking at the times that he actually has caught the ball to return it. There's been several times that he's made bad decisions. And to me, when you're talking about special teams, decision making 
needs to be ranked a little bit higher. Quick. There were times mm -hmm. that you're, you're um, fair catching the ball when you really have room to run. There's times that you try to run the ball when you should have fair caught that mug. Then there's times that, like I mentioned, um, I, I forget exactly which game it was, but he, he didn't feel that people want to blame it on the win. Whatever. It's a kickoff. You, once it goes past 10 yards, it's a live ball. You do not let that thing drop and not field it. You have to field the ball, even if you're going to catch it and just fall. The thing is, you have to catch that ball. So decision-making for me is the reason why I say he's not playing well. I always say the moment he gets the ball in his hands, I'm excited because he's such a dynamic player. He's one of the quickest, most dynamic offensive weapons that we have. But when you're talking about the mental aspect of it, and you got to be honest, there's a reason why he was let go in Denver. And it was because of this, he lost his job. Before we signed Andre Roberts previously, they gave him a shot at this. He was benched to get, that's the reason we brought Andre Roberts in it is because punt and kick return was a weakness. So what I'm saying is it's okay that he hadn't developed into an elite punt and kick returner like some people would have thought. I thought that. I'm like, oh no, go back. When I was on Buffalo Fanatics, I, I'm gonna find the receipts. I said, I'm like, yo, he's sitting behind Andre Roberts for a couple years. He's going to learn. He's going to soak all that up. And then when he gets his shot, he's going to do it. He's not doing it. If you yeah. take out, and, and I'm not taking it out to erase it because it happened, but if you take out that 175-yard kick return from week one against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, tell me what his stats are. Tell me what his return average is. Tell, like, get, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you got the one. I'm, it, you can't take it out because it happened. But look at everything else. You, the, the law of averages will play out. Towards the end of the season, I'm going to get a whole lot of apologies. I just That's how so, I'm seeing it. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. And to be honest with you, I am not the biggest Isaiah McKenzie fan. I really don't mess with Isaiah McKenzie at all, to be quite honest with you. But I ain't going to argue with what I'm seeing. So he's honestly, in terms of kick returning, he's the second highest graded kick returner. And if you look at yards per attempt for all of the kick returners, of qualified kick returners, He's number the highest is only 28 yards per attempt. He's at 25. So again, right. it's not like the rest of the league is tearing it up. I mean, right. he's it, he's just doing what he's supposed to do. And I yeah. know and you brought up a good point. Decision making matters. But again, yes. if you are not because we we can all agree that Isaiah McK Isaiah McKenzie isn't the best kick returner. I mean, if this was if Stevenson was healthy, he'd probably be the kick returner, and we probably would get Isaiah because I remember Matt Perino was saying that he wished that the Bills would use Isaiah McKenzie more, so he probably would be utilized more on offense if Stevenson was healthy. But he's not. This is not his. Yeah. yeah, and this is not his natural position. And for this not being his natural position, and obviously a position he is not as comfortable with. Clearly, I mean he's. He's league average, and I, I can't ask anything more than that. And that's the Bills, too. The Bills are not going to go off of him because he's doing – he's at average of what the league is doing. Exactly, yeah. So you can't but really be that hard on him, Spence. When he yeah, can't like, the ball. We all you, you can't be that – you can't be as hard as him as you yeah. are. He's he's league average, bro. Like, he, he has one of the highest he's kick averages average. in the league. But this is the argument that everybody keeps making. He's in kick he's return. I'm speaking average. just kick return now. Right. Not no, punt return. You. No, yeah. No. Okay. Separate, separate topic. But he right. is when he catches the ball. What I'm saying is there have been times that he, when is the last time you remember, you remember a team turning the ball over that on a kickoff return that wasn't an onside kick? On a kickoff, uh, the Chiefs and Bills game when Saran Neal forced that fumble. On a kick I'm, not return, about a fumble. I'm not talking about a fumble. I ain't talking about fumbles. I ain't talking about, I'm saying I kick you the ball. 
and you don't field it and it ends up a turnover. I the last time remember. I remember something, yeah. anything like that yeah. happening was against the Texans when we almost scored a touchdown because the Texans player didn't uh, make oh, whatever yeah. signal. When the yeah. That's the last time I remember yeah. anything yeah. like that happening. It happened to the Buffalo Bills at home in Orchard Park. You let the ball bounce and it's a turnover. That doesn't show up in the stats because he didn't return the ball. That's mental. So what I'm saying is when you're talking about these rankings, you have to also rank literally his decision making. That happened. Like it literally happened, but that's not. In the, so when you're talking about the stats, man, he's like he's third or fifth in the league in return. Yeah, he is. But he also he has these mental mistakes. I love Isaiah. I want him to be on the offense. I'm not saying I want this guy gone. The thing is, again, like I spoke about earlier, I love these guys. And when I love so when I was talking about Baker and I'm like, I really like him. I want him to perform. That's why I'm critical. I watch him a lot. I watch Isaiah every single time Isaiah's on the field. I, I'm, I, my antennas go up because I love Isaiah that much. Dude, when he's on the offense, teams are scared. So I feel like it's actually – I feel like part of the reason why we're not as successful on third down is because Isaiah McKenzie is no longer being utilized in the offense like he was last season. Isaiah McKenzie, he, that jet sweep play, all that other stuff that he was doing, Isaiah McKenzie was a damn weapon last year. We're not using him the same way. So we're struggling on that third down. We're struggling in the red zone. Not struggling for real. I mean, we're still one of the best teams, but compared to what we were last year, we're struggling and when it comes to that. Uh so so I don't know if y'all agree with that. And that's fine if you don't. I, I'll give y'all a second to kind of respond to that. But I mean, it's just that's how I see it. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's just like like he's like you know, besides that one play. Man, listen, special teams is a small part of the game. The Bills have one of the better special teams. I will say that they, they have do. one of the better, better special teams in the league. And a lot of players on their special teams are noticeable because they make impactful plays. But if we just all being honest, special teams is not really a big, a huge part of the game. It's about offense and defense and how efficient you are in the passing game. So, like, how, what Isaiah McKenzie is doing, if he's not being noticed, like, you, that you're That's a fan right. of him, Spence. Right, exactly. You're a fan of him, Spence, so you're going to watch everything he does. So, if he makes mm-hmm. one mental error – that's what's going to stick out to you because that's your guy. But in actuality, what the numbers are saying in terms of kick returning, <laughs> I mean, he's doing his job. And, and again, like T said, that's pretty much all you can ask from him. I can ask for him to not turn the ball over. I can ask him. He almost had Absolutely a punt that, like, yeah. like yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So, okay. But we can get off Isaiah because, again, I love Isaiah. <laughs> and I, and, and, no, I understand, too, because I actually told Bruce and Joe this in our chat. We have a chat, and I told Bruce and Joe, I'm like, I'm going to stop um, even really talking about special teams because it's coming across like I'm a hater, but I truly love them. I'm passionate about them, and I'm passionate about special teams. So when I talk about it, it's like, why you keep coming down on Isaiah? Because to me, special teams is that important. Y'all know I love special teams. When Andre Roberts yeah. was here, I, I celebrated him every time because, to me, special teams is such an important part of the game. And we have, to your point, probably the best special teams coverage unit in the league. Mm-hmm. We got two of the mm-hmm. top five, two of the top three Gunners. gunners in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I'm not at all. I'm not at all in any way hating on the special teams. When like on the, when I said they're no longer a strength, I was only speaking specifically to us missing Corey Bajorquez and, and Andre Roberts. That was all I was talking about. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, I think Tyler Bass makes up for, all the special teams in terms of being yeah. a strength. Like Tyler he's, Bass he's is a dog at kicker, bro. Like, yeah, I think honestly, like, I honestly think he can get into Justin Tucker territory. He could get there. Yeah. Justin Tucker, uh, who else is good kicker? Dan- Daniel Carlson from um, 
The Raiders, like, he could get yep, with yep. those guys with a couple more years. And but Tyler Bass makes up for everybody. Atlanta, Atlanta too, right? The guy from Atlanta. Young Way Koo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I always want to yep. call him. Like, I always want to read his name, like, Americanized. <laughs> To your special team point, though, I mean, I think once you have that on your team, that's a plus for you. So I can get why you love special teams. I can understand that because, you know, that's a plus for any any team that has a great special team unit. That's a plus. Well, so. and then so last comment about special teams and then we can move on. Y- y'all have some time to go in over. I know it's late in Buffalo. It's, it's t- almost 1030. Y'all got some time I'm to, to kind of go over a little bit. OK, yeah. so um, th- the last thing about special teams, though, is like. We've been spoiled in Buffalo, like for for years now. We've had even before Andre Roberts got there. I know we had a couple years where the kick return wasn't that good, but we've we've had like we've been spoiled with special teams for a long time in Buffalo. We've been spoiled with the running game a long time in Buffalo. We always we didn't have a quarterback, but we always had a running game and we had special teams. And then we typically have strong defense. We had a couple years where we had a lapse, but we had good defenses. I think, and this is just me. I'm not a coach. You got to win two out of three phases to win the football game. Mm-hmm. Now, some teams are good enough to have to win all three every single week. <laughs> some teams are just dominant this year. I feel like the Bills should have been dominant. Like, and they are, you know, we're five and two. We do it. So I'm not, I'm not taking anything away, but I feel like we're supposed to be dominating on special teams, whether we're receiving or kicking, we need to be dominating on defense. Like we are, we need to be dominating on offense. Is to me that's that's where I'm I'm coming where it's like okay, yeah he he's um he's t- statistically he's wherever he is, but we're not dominating and we're not do and and this is the year that you got to punch people in the mouth man so but we can move on we can move on um the biggest thing that I wanted to talk to to EJ about and I I absolutely want to get T's perspective on this but before actually you know we got a comment in here for T uh, Jamie wants to know um T because. EJ and I spoke about this at the top of the show, uh, but Jamie wants to know who your top three picks for MVP would be. I went Lamar, then I went Brady, and then I went Kyler. Where would you go if you had to go for uh, MVP right now? Um, ooh, great question. I would say Lamar. I do not like Kyler Mary. But I will put mm, him in there. Man. Oh my I don't gosh. Know what it is about him. He's having a, a all right oh, season. Man. I would say man. him and um Aaron Rodgers. Yo, shout out to my man Justin. Um <laughs> I forget his his Twitter handle, but my man Justin actually hit me the other day. We were talking. He's like, he's like, man, Kyler Murray's arm talent is un- is overrated. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what are you crazy. talking about? You're crazy. And I, no. I get that a lot of Bills fans don't like him based off the Kyler Murray or the the uh replay hail murray yeah i get it but listen that kid is that's special. the only reason i don't like him but he's a great football player listen don't yeah listen my personal feelings about that play and him he's a great football player i could take my feelings yeah. out of that and put him up there yeah. all right well let's let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the thing then because because one thing i want and, and we can end the show off on this i didn't get to talk about everything like i wanted to but um look I'm at the point where it's is Jordan Poyer first team all pro or it's a damn riot. You know what I mean? Like I feel like right. if Jordan Poyer don't get all pro recognition at the end of this season, Buffalo needs to make some noise in the most ignorant, the most loud, the most I'm gonna say ghetto. Like I need I need every like <laughs> just the most ignorant way we need to make as much noise as possible because Jordan Player player, Jordan Poyer is playing his damn brains out. 
Like there's there's yeah. Micah Hyde is playing very well too. We have the best safety tandem in the league, but Jordan Poyer specifically, specifically, this guy is playing lights out. Um, T, real quick, because I know EJ has some prepared stuff. Talk, talk yeah, to me real quick, T, about about how you've seen um, Jordan Poyer's play this year and, and what you expect for the rest of the season from him. I had a question on Twitter about two safety. Um, who was the first team to play two safety high? I guess it was. Um, and we played that way when it came to uh, wasn't it the the Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. Did we play two safety high? So I had that question on Twitter, like, who was the first team? I know we weren't the first team that did it. Was it the Rams? What What do you mean by the first team? Like the first team to against play against Kansas. Yes, against Kansas City. I feel Teams like we, we kind of put the blueprint out there last it's, season. And it it's the Raiders. Successful. The Raiders were the first team to play too high. Remember in week six last year when they dominated the, the Kansas City Chiefs? They okay. played too high, and Max Crosby and all of them got after Mahomes in that right, game. Remember right. they lost that game? Yes. So yeah, they yeah. might have been the, they might have been the first, the very first team who put, who made the blueprint. But so you know, this answer that for me, and I was just wondering who what who it was because after that, listen, after that game, I said Joy and Porter ain't playing this year. He is not playing. This man is playing so physical, and he's not saying that he's small or whatever. But you know, his frame is not big. But Jordan mm-hmm. players, Jordan Porter is playing out of his mind, and like you said, if he doesn't get all pro there's something wrong and i get that they're a tandem they're a team they're they're twins they're you know the wonder twin problems whatever the case may be i think he's stepping out of the shadow of that and becoming his that person like look at me you know what i mean so join i'm ready for him to step it up and just be that dude he's that guy that's my man that's my man join poor is my man he's like he's having a great season though EJ, so tell me where PFF is with Jordan Poyer. I know I saw a post yeah, today that. that said that um that he was the highest ranked Bills player um over this this last weekend. Uh, where where are you at, and and where's PFF at over the course of the season as far as Jordan Poyer? Like, where does he rank against? I don't know if you have that type of information available, but where does he have rank right, against other? Have it right here. Okay. So he is the second highest graded safety wow. in the league right now. He has. This is the thing. So listen up, Bills Mafia. This is why he's getting all the recognition this year. He is the number one safety in, in PFF coverage grade. So you're saying, what does that mean? Why, why, why am I bringing that up? This is why. Jordan Poyer has always been a player that has lined up in the box, on the line, at free safety, strong safety. He's always been a guy that's been all over the field, right? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between last year and the years prior to now? To now, he is giving you all this ball production. He's tied for sixth in pass breakups among safeties, and he's second in interceptions. So he's top five in almost all of the ball production categories. And so in terms of PFF grade, when you do, they only grade what you do at the catch point. And so for cornerbacks and safeties, they grade what you do towards the ball. So he's having a lot more plays this year on the ball, at the ball. And that's what I was trying to tell you, Spence, about Trey White. When he gets more ball production, he made a lot of plays on the ball in the Miami game. That's why his PFF grade was so high. So now Jordan Poyer has been doing that all season. And on top of that, he be getting interceptions in key moments. That also raises your PFF grade. So yeah. all of this ball production, plus lining up everywhere on the on the defensive side. And then on top of that, 
he getting team he getting tackles in special teams. I don't know if y'all noticed, but he had a tackle on special on uh kick on kick return on Sunday. So yeah. I mean, there's not anything. Yeah, there's not anything he is not doing in terms of tackling, ball production, interceptions, pass breakups, pressures, sacks. He got everything this year. That man's all over the all. field. All He's over the field. It. And this is culminating into him being the highest coverage safety in the NFL and the second highest graded safety overall. The number one is Kevin Byer, who's also having a good year also. He had that yeah. game-winning pick against Carson Wentz Sunday too. So these oh, two yeah. guys, yep, these two guys are playing the best safety. But Jordan Poyer, honestly, is playing the best football of his career. And I don't know if you guys have this off the top of your heads, but maybe somebody in the comments can answer me this. Someone answered me this question. Is this a contract year for Jordan Poyer? Does anyone know that? If you know that, comment if you know that. But I just want to say know. he's I feel like I off the top. I feel like extension. it's next year. Uh, well, I feel like they both uh, they both got extensions, if I'm not mistaken. But I feel okay. no, no, because his wife, his wife kept saying that he should have gotten an extension. So, yeah, somebody yeah. in the comments is normally yeah. Richard Rush, who, who uh, lets me know when I got questions I like this. So, Rich, one of them got an you, extension. Right. I know because, I know Hyde did. I know Hyde did yeah. for sure. Okay. Because but, um, usually you look at the NBA and you look at the NFL. When it's a contract year, usually plan. dudes be having career years and Jordan yeah. Poyer is having yeah. a career year right now. That's very likely yeah. cuz he's he's man, he's and again, all pro or I freaking riot. I'm gonna tell you Trey yeah. Ellis said he's Oh wait, wait, one more. Years. One more stat for y'all. And y'all can use this when y'all talk to y'all people at the water cooler. Jordan Poyer has the lowest lowest. Yeah, last year he was extended. Okay. Jordan Poyer has the lowest NFL passer rating against of all the DBs in the NFL at 15.2. The lowest of all DBs. So that's corners and safeties. But I just want to throw a nugget in here. Him and Micah Hyde both don't have many coverage snaps. So they're being very efficient. Remember, PFF grades on every snap. Not just certain plays, they grade every play. And there, I think uh, Micah High was 38th among safeties and coverage snaps. So that's kind of lower. It's only like 45, you know, sna- uh, safeties that's played 50% of the snaps. So that's pretty low. But in those limited snaps that he has, second in the league among safety and interceptions, sixth in pass breakups. I can't ask for no more than that. Look, Jordan Damn. Boyer, first team all pro, or we riot Buffalo. Okay, he got Shout the resume. Man, Jordan Boyer. And matter of fact, uh, happy belated birthday to his wife. Shout out to Rachel Bush. Her birthday was yesterday, actually. Uh, shout out to her. Uh, look, I need I need y'all to make some noise, Buffalo. This is one of those things like all pro. We don't really we don't control who gets the all pro honors. But the thing is, when your guy is playing good like this, this needs to be a conscious effort to make noise about it. So that way the guys who do make those decisions hear the noise and they pay attention to these guys. Same thing with Steve Tasker. No, we don't get the guy into the Hall of Fame, but those voters, they need to hear from us and they need to know, look, Steve Tasker belongs in the Hall of Fame. He belongs there. So we need to start making some noise about this stuff. And we need to get my guy, Jordan Poyer, his first first team all pro, both of them. It just is what it is. I'm going to leave it there. We're going to get on out of here really soon. There's a couple things I do need to uh, shout out, a couple announcements. Look, if y'all not doing nothing Saturday and y'all in Buffalo, if you're in Western New York, if you're in Rochester, hell, if you're in Syracuse, I don't give a damn. Come through. I need y'all in Buffalo at Resurgence, 55 Chicago Street, downtown Buffalo from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. It is the Buffalo Rumblings IPA release. And we're doing a food drive and fundraiser uh, for the Child and Family Services of Buffalo representing the, uh, the, the Haven House. We're trying to 
you know, just take care of some people for Thanksgiving. The Haven House represents and they support people who are escaping from domestic violence situations. So you you absolutely want those kids and, and, and people to get good Thanksgiving dinners this year. And uh, this is going to be the beer, though. Let me let me just tell you, I'm so amped. I'm so amped about this. We got the Buffalo Rumblings beer happening. And, you know, I, I teamed up with Resurgence for this. I spearheaded this project. And it's something that I cannot wait to, uh, you know, just to get into and spend time with everybody in Buffalo over the weekend. Also, tonight is the last night. It's almost, what is it there? It's like 1037. You got like an hour and 20 minutes. If you have not gotten the state positive test negative shirt that 26 shirts is putting out right now, it ends tonight. Please go over to 26 shirts. Cop one of these joints. You know, at the end of every one of my shows, I have this saying, stay positive, test negative, and go Bills. We're representing the crisis services with this one. The crisis services, they specialize in making sure uh, people who suffer from uh, alcohol dependency or substance abuse get the help that they need. They have a ton of resources for people who are struggling with depression and any other of those, any types of things like that, mental illness, mental health. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm sorry I had to do all of that. You know what I mean? But I got, you know, I got a couple things. We working out here. We working. So I got to uh, talk about the shirt that we got. We got to talk about the beer. And I want to see everybody because because one more thing about this show, this Saturday night. Um, not only is this being sponsored by Buffalo and Weck, the Market Dominator, and BNMC, but we're going to have a crew come through. Ashley Petty's going to be there. We got Nate Geary is going to be there. We got um, who's going to be there? Pat Moran is going to be there. K-Gun, Kristen Kimmick is going to be there. I feel like T.S.L. might make a little special appearance in that show. T in the building. You know, yes, we got those big dubs. So, you know, so it's going to be a night. It's going to be a great time. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to drink some beer. We're going to have a live show. I'm going to try to get the audience involved as well. I'm going to be doing Time to Shine for Joe. So uh, Joe won't be doing a wow. Time to Shine. And typically, you know, he gets the people involved. So we're going to be doing that. Look, come on out. Come on out. It's going to be a big show. EJ, it is. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a real fun time. So, EJ, why don't you let everybody know where they can find your work, what you got coming on or coming up, and uh, and then we're going to let T do the same thing, and we're going to get on out of here. Yeah, man. Most people who, who who's in the comments know that you can find me at, at edaniel77. I'm always down to talk, you know, Bill's football. I'm trying to be less combative these days, and I'm trying to be more educational and informative so we all can learn as a community. So we all can learn as a community and and learn about the game that we all love and, and specifically learn about the Buffalo Bills. Absolutely. Gotcha. T, before you go, we got a super <laughs> chat. I low-key don't even want to answer this, but it's a super chat, so I got to. Uh, <laughs> Jeff King says, how do you feel about O.J. Simpson showing up to the game last week while we're speaking on domestic violence? Ooh. This is this is what – I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a fair question because I'm very critical of, of um, people who, who – are involved in any type of situation where it's domestic violence, um, sexual harassment, any of those things. I'm very critical. Here's what I have to say about OJ. OJ Simpson probably should be in jail somewhere. Okay. The jury said he was not guilty. He was then guilty in a civil case. All I got to say is criminally, he was cleared. I'm not saying that he should still be on the wall. I'm not saying he should be taken down. I know that he got 2,000 yards when it was 14 games in the season. And for that reason, he's one of the best running backs in Buffalo Bills history. Um, I will say that I think it's an absolute tragedy that his ex-wife and her friend, Ron Goldman, was, were murdered brutally. Whether he did it or not, 
I think it's unfair and it's, it's unjust that they haven't even attempted to further find the killer if it's not him. Because if he's not guilty, if he's not guilty, then who did it? Right. I feel like he's guilty. I'm <laughs> be honest. I feel like everybody who knows anything about OJ and we know anything about the story. I feel like the dude did it. But that's not what this show is about. So I'm not going to go on and, and go in on about OJ. But I had to answer the question because I got paid to do it. I'm sorry, Jeff. I didn't. That might not be the answer you wanted. But that's all I got for you. T, let everybody know where they can find your content, what you got going on with built in Buffalo over there. Shout out to uh, a rich shout out to to really it's a whole crew. Y'all growing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of us over there now. Um, I'm T. You can find me at T. Estelle, um, Not Your Average Podcast, in the 716. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on the Building Buffalo Network as well. We come out on Tuesdays. Not Tuesdays. Shoot. Thursdays live. We drop on Sundays. Um, but, yeah, I got some nuggets I'll be dropping on Mondays and Thursdays. I got it. Who got it? That's my player of the of the game, and I got my football picks on Thursday. So you know, check me out. We just do me. It's me and Mike. We're lighthearted, talk junk about football. Not too much X nos. It's just us chilling, to shooting the shit. Sorry. No, you good, good. I got to get Mike on here. You ain't got to apologize. I got to get Mike on here. Um, and actually, I have a show coming up, a new show that I'm going to be premiering soon. I, I don't know when the dates are going to be, but it's actually going to be a hip hop show, and I would love to get Mike on that. Um, oh, I got a yeah. show coming up. It's called the Culture Review. I got um, a couple people who I respect very much as far as their musical um, opinions and, and knowledge. So we're going to be doing that show. It's going to be like a once a month thing because I'm already kind of worn out. Mm-hmm. But I would love to get Mike to uh, to come on there and, and just chop it up with us and talk about that. Um, but hey, T- is anything like um, your what you had on there for the verses? Yeah, it's going to be fire. That's gonna it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that, that except we're going uh, we're going to be talking about everything from new releases to the verses like that. We're going to talk about classic albums. I really wish I would have started it this month because for me, it was a big moment. Obviously, Jay-Z got inducted into the oh Rock and Roll God. Hall of Fame. I absolutely wanted to talk about that and cover that. But this isn't the right platform for it. But right, it's going right, to come. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, going to come. Yeah. So, But, yo, thank you both for coming and, and doing this with me, man. I always appreciate y'all, you know sharing your time with me and sharing your time with the audience um look we about to get on out of here y'all know how i do it over here it's your boy jay spence the king find me tuesdays like tonight find me wednesdays with your boy joe miller the voice the buttery smooth voice joe miller for the hump day hotline find me on saturdays for the chop up with k guns girls for the girls and my home girl a dub big dubs okay and then really find me saturday in buffalo because it's going down it's going down but Love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills.